0: Here, but Evangelani is in the house. <laughs> 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 Woo! It's a blessed thing to be here in Snowless, Alaska. Whoever heard of it? It's okay. It ain't over, you know what I'm saying? I am utterly and entirely pleased to be here with the esteemed ladies of the Alaska District Sister Churchill, Sister AG, all those in power, position, authority, thank you for letting Sister Gelani come back to the Alaska <laughs> district. I'll be honest. Well, it's not unusual that I'm honest, but if I were to tell the truth, which I do as often as I can, besides Hawaii, Alaska is one of my favorite places in the world. Yes, it is. <laughs> I want to preach my heart out to you if that's all right. I know we have a, a power-packed sermonator coming after me. Sister Chavis of the Wanda, she is. She is a mighty woman of God. Matter of fact, Sister Vanja she got her start right at her feet, right there. At, at, yes, she did. She does this one-two thing that is just impressive, and y'all saw her before. And she says she did, but her 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 alter ego, she is, she's my hero, right there. I I would like a groovy for her. She is actually Vanja Vangel- who, Line. Lying, I ain't lying, Evangeline, she was so powerful, I said, ooh, she's Evangeline, she got to get on board. So she did, she got on board, and here she is today. Romans 10 and 15. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I want to talk to you today about feet. Yes, I do. Not just any kind of feet. But beautiful feet. Look at your neighbor and say, girl, you have beautiful feet. Look at your other neighbor and say, honey, you need a pedicure. <laughs> now, we know a lot of y'all's feet never see the sun because they're always covered up in tights and pantyhose and boots and all those kind of things. But we got to take care of our feet. You know what I'm saying? This is our freshest gospel. The one true living gospel. And we must hold it high and we must hold it dear. We have to preserve at any cost this precious message. We've got to get this message out to a lost and a dying world. Girls, we have got to protect, and we have got to preserve that which carries this gospel, this good news, and that is our F-E-E-T. Say, i got to protect my feet. That's right. How do we do that, Sister Vangelo? How do we protect those beautiful feet that the Word tells us carries this freshest gospel to the world. How? Honey, I'm glad you asked me. It is a revelation that the Lord Himself came down and gave it to me. I want to share and impart it to you tonight. Turn to your neighbor and say, Boy, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. Say, She finna learn me something. In order to protect these beautiful feet that carry the gospel of peace, if we're gonna travel around, bring good tidings of good things to all men and women, then we got to have some shoes. Say, I need some shoes. shoes. Say, I need the shoes. shoes. Today, I want to speak to you on this title How Beautiful Are the Feet and the Shoes? The Bible talks about the shoes of righteousness. Did you know that? Yes, it does. And we're going to take a look at that together today. Get ready to be hit with a revelation. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. Say, Hit me. Baby, one more time. Exodus 3 and 5. Oh, that's not a real bad song. He said, Exodus 3 and 5, he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereof thy, whereof, whereon thou standest is holy ground. Thus interpreted, if you are standing still, put off thy shoe. take the feet off, oh, the shoes off. Now, in Hawaii, where I live, where are a little bit, well, not a whole lot warmer. But where I live, and there's everybody takes, it's an Asian thing. Everybody takes their shoes off at the door. Sister Kaylynn, she know that. And, and 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 then, you know, you go in people's house. You don't mess up the carpet or whatnot. But then some houses, I guess they had a little bit of a problem. You go in and it says, please remove your shoes before entering. But no taking better shoes when you leave. I guess they have had some. You saw that, yeah. I guess they have. But so standing still. Take your shoes off, holy ground. But when you're ready to go and carry the gospel, have your shoes on. Makes sense, doesn't it? Tell your neighbor, makes sense. Exodus 12 and 11. And thus you shall eat it, and with your loins guarded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. When you are in haste to go and do the Lord's work, you need to go and get your shoes on. Be prepared to go. Now, let me digress and say, the children of Israel were leaving where when he was talking? Egypt. That's right. Egypt is a type of what? The world. I think somebody said the world. (laughs) They were supposed to anyway. Girl, if you're leaving the world, you better get your shoes on. You better get your Nikes on to run out of there. You know what I'm saying? Run to Jesus. Deuteronomy 33 and 25. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass, and as thy days, thy days, so shall thy strength be. Now, this here was a puzzlement to Sister Vangelani. I, I studied it for quite some time. Several different uh, commentaries I looked up, translation. I looked it up in the Amplified Version and the Glorified Version. I looked it up in the Espanol Version. See, see, what I felt in my spirit is this verse was speaking to me in the church. Here's what it was doing. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass, and as thy strength, so shall thy day be. So I prayed and fasted at, between a couple of meals, and this is what I came up with. If you are able to wear shoes made of iron and brass, girl, you one strong woman. You got some strength. Amen? Joshua 9 and 13, and these bottles of wine which we feel were new, and behold, they be rent. And these are garments, and our shoes became old. Somebody say old. old. By reason of the long journey. So sometimes when you have traveled long and far, you have done a great work for the Lord, and your shoes get old, and they get ugly. It's not a pretty fight, sight. Your beautiful feet covered with some ugly old shoes. It just don't match. That's when you know. And you know and you sense in your spirit, it's time for some new shoes. Say, so we've got to get some new shoes. Mm-hmm. In Ephesians, the whole armor, you know, it talks about the whole armor of God. It says our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So you can say to your husband, honey, i got to go and get my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'll be back a little bit later. And he's going to think you're just all spiritual. and you out get some new shoes. Tell me that's not smart. <laughs> the Lord gave you a revelation here tonight. You better write it down. Well, <laughs> how can you argue with Luke 10 of four, Sister Angelani, when Jesus told them, Carry neither purse, nor script, nor shoes. Of course. makes perfect sense to That's no mystery. Don't carry them, honey. Wear them. I mean, duh. What good is your shoes going to do in your hand? You're going to protect your beautiful feet. you got to put them on the feet. You're protecting them. Scripture is so easy to understand. People are going to make it so hard. The conclusion of the whole matter is this, sister. We had this promise. Anybody banking on the promises of Jesus Isaiah 60 and 13. And I will make the place of thy feet glorious. What is the place of our feet? Well, duh, in our shoes. <laughs> we have a promise that it's going to be glorious. How many of y'all feel blessed? Y'all want to feel the Holy Ghost? You go to the store and buy some shoes that not only look, but make you feel glorious. Mm-hmm. Hang on to that promise, baby. And here is the crux of the matter. Tell me, confirmation in the word right here. Song. Of, how many of y'all be blessed by the Song of Solomon? Oh, yes, ma'am. Find some good stuff in there. And a, that's a book when you're single, you be hiding to read. I'm reading the word, mama, but you really. Mm. <laughs> yes, Jesus. Song of Solomon, 7 and 1, it says, How beautiful are thy feet. With shoes. Oh, Prince's daughter. <laughs> Baby, go out and get you some shoes because we got to protect. Somebody say protect yeah. the beautiful feet that God gave us so we can carry this gospel. Amen. Yeah. Woo. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to bless you all with a song. And I want you to, to, to kick back. You could take your shoes on, off, whatever. But I want uh, you to listen to what the word of the Lord is saying to you tonight. And why to say I'm listening, to Jesus? Mm.
1: I don't know.
0: Where, where you? Mm-hmm. I need a brown pair to go with that new dress About You know, Nicole. What's that? Well, I normally wear a size 8. but girl, a size 6 fit so good, I bought me a size 4. Yes, what you doing? A sale? Baby, where's the sale? Nuh-uh. For real? Get out of town. Two for the price of one plus a dollar? Oh, my word. Where are you? Oh, girl, I'm only like 45 minutes from there. I'll be there in 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, girl, my my, 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 Look at all these shoes, handy. It seems like the Lord. Oh, we know what he doing. He knows what I have a need. My husband, he's gonna be so pleased with me. Shopping so smart. Oh, Jesus me this, I know. Cause he gave me some shoe sale. Oh, hallelujah,
1: hallelujah. He blessing me. Oh, my God, I have some beautiful shoes. I oh, want beautiful feet. Hey, what would I do? God bless you.
2: (sighs) I could go home tonight and it would have been worth the trip, Sister Melina. Amen. Oh, Jesus, let me get to go shopping before I got to go back, though. I am so inspired. Amen. Amen. Now, do you know what I mean when I say not all men are created equal? Who can compare to that? I'll tell you who. Our very own sister Glover is going to come and bless us with a song right now. Um,
3: (laughs) that's a hard act to follow. (laughs) So I won't even try to, um, whatever. Anyway, it's so wonderful to be here with all of you. It's like extended family, you know. Awesome that the Southeast ladies are here in force. I am, of course, very proud of the ladies from Ketchikan. Yes, yes. All of us. I think the majority of our churches are represented Yeah, represented, right? (laughs) Praise God. So wonderful. But you know, and and we are joyful because the Lord gives us strength, but that doesn't mean that every day is really happy. Sometimes we have dark days. We know about dark days in Alaska, and we know about light because, hey, you know, it's 815. How many places besides Alaska is it still daylight? At 8.15 at night in April. Yes, praise God. But God is sovereign, and I had to look that up. And it is not a word that's in the uh, King James Version, so I had to look it up in the dictionary. And it means having unlimited power or authority, not limited of the most exalted kind. Who does that describe? Jesus, yes. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he, Jesus himself said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, he said. I have overcome the world. And so because he's sovereign, no matter what situation that we're in, we know he's going to take care of us. Praise God. All right. Wrong voice. Sorry. Sorry you. Mm-hmm.
4: Sovereign on the ocean floor With me in the calm With me in the storm Sovereign in my greatest joy Sovereign in my deepest cry With me in the dark With me at the dawn In your everlasting arms, all the pieces of my life, from beginning to the end, I can trust you. In your never-failing love, you work everything for good. So whatever comes my way, I will trust you, God, whatever comes my way, I will trust you, hallelujah, sovereign in the mountain air, sovereign on the ocean floor, with me in the calm. With me in the storm Sovereign in my greatest joy Sovereign in my deepest cry With me in the dark With me in the dark In your everlasting arms All the pieces of my life From beginning to the end, I can trust you. In your never failing love, you work everything for good. God, whatever comes my way, I can trust you. God, whatever comes my way, I will trust you. All my hopes, all I need, held in your hands. All my life, all of me, held in your hands. All my fears, all my dreams, held in your hands. All my All I need Held in your hands All my life All of me Held in your hands All my fears All my dreams Held in your hands In your everlasting arms All the pieces of my life from beginning to the end, I can trust you. In your never-failing love, you work everything for good. Whatever comes my way, I will trust you. God, whatever comes my way, I will trust you.
3: Jesus, praise God.
2: And be careful when you pray that because He'll put you to the test to see if it's true. Amen. Appreciate the leadership of our Alaska Yukon District. And This feeling doesn't just happen by accident. I believe it emanates from the top. And we're so happy to have Sister Parrish here tonight. I love Sister Parrish. I have always loved Sister Parrish. equally is Sister Wanda Chavis. Amen. Two years ago was the first time that I got to hear her speak. And what a tremendous blessing she was. Again, talented. She can play. She can sing. And then here's the deal. She has kids that are like off the charts. (laughs) So I just want to hang around with her. Because if my boys can turn out half as good as her boys, I will feel good about my life, Amen. But Sister Chavis, would you come and share what you have with us tonight?
5: Thank you. Um, I still have that feeling, you know, that that all mothers have that you never want to really. Relax and brag on your kids because you know that you could always get that phone call that your son just drove a motorcycle through a plate glass window or something. But uh, I am blessed, and I give my husband all the credit for these boys because he was the stabilizer. I was—I just had a blast raising them. And uh, we've had evangelists come through and said that, and they'll see us years later, and they say, well, You were the only pastor's wife I remember getting, you got in trouble with your boys. I always remember that you got in trouble. <laughs> And we're still not allowed to sit in church together because there's some funny junk happens at church. I'm telling y'all the truth, especially if you're on the platform looking out at the crowd. Man, and the thing is you can't really like write a book about it because, you know, then you'd lose your saints. (laughs) It's like all the names have been changed to protect the innocent. (laughs) But it is great to be here. Thank you for inviting me back, Sister Churchill. You are amazing. I tell you what, you all have a jewel. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, I love my North Carolina ladies, but I don't know that I would cook for them and do be, lead the whole retreat and all that. I just don't know. I, I'm am serious. I'm re- seriously rethinking my tenderness towards the ladies of North Carolina when I'm around her because she just amazes me and she just loves it. She 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 does all that she does. But you know what? Somebody better start looking at your shoes because uh, somebody's <laughs> going to have to feel them shoes. Sister Evangelani, that was awesome. <laughs> I felt the anointment from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. <laughs> I love it. I just wish you would have come from behind this pulpit. I run my whole, I don't I jam my phone up. I, it won't have taken, no more pictures. It's like no more storage. What does that mean? I thought the cloud could hold it all, <laughs> but isn't she hilarious, oh my goodness, and it's so good to be here with all of you, Sister Glover, love you, love you, love you, and uh, Sister Carn, Carnley, is there a Sister Carney. I was just with her a couple months ago, Sister Carnley, Sister Debbie, all of you, one sister, I thought I saw Sister Wagner earlier, yes, amen, hallelujah. And I got to see Sister Hall last night and visit a few minutes. It's so good to be here. I just love y'all so much, and um, I appreciate this district. You are um, you are truly amazing women. Anybody, any woman that can look as cute as y'all in boots, mud boots at that. I mean, it's <laughs> crazy. I just thought, you know what? Well, I have always wanted cowboy boots. But I, I'm a large, large woman. So, like, you know, could you not think of something different to call them? You know, it's kind of offensive, of the cow thing. <laughs> Putting cow and girl together is just kind of like, seriously, do I want to wear those? But I did. I I, I um uh, Next year, my ladies' retreat is going to be Western themed. So it's it's branded. That's the name of it, Branded by Love. So I told them, we're going to wear cowboy boots and blue jean skirts and vests and, you know, hats. So I was like, I don't even have any boots. So I went to the store, this Western store the other day with my husband, and they were like, oh, we got a sale on our boots. You come back here and look. And I said, "I look at this thigh. I mean, this calf. You That calf ain't going in no boot. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, come on. That's the, that We got. So anyway, they found some boots that would fit me, but I'm like, I can't get my foot in. And my foot is like, I don't know, it just won't cooperate. Like no, you got to have these little things you pull them on with. Do y'all have them up here? For four ninety five, I got these little hooks you hook on there and smack them. them boots went right. I could have been wearing boots, I just didn't have a toolbox, the right toolbox. And then I was like, now I can't breathe because I'm thinking about, I can't see. I'm claustrophobic in my feet, <laughs> so I couldn't get them off. I'm like, I was my. My throat was swelling up. and She said, oh, we got another tool for that. So she came out with this other thing, and you just put your foot on it, and bam, your your boot comes off. It's like, "Oh, how much is that? They're like, $7. I'm like, give it all to me. But I can't go and bring them because, like, I have to have a toolbox, and I don't have enough room in my suitcase to bring all the tools to wear my boots. And there's no way I could wear them on an airplane because there's no way I could breathe for, like, three hours with boots on. Anywhere I go within boots, my tools will be in my car. Because at any moment, I'm like, I got to go take them off for a second and just breathe. (laughs) Anybody else claustrophobic in your feet? Yeah. You understand? I like these kind of shoes where you can just like, my shoes are off. I can breathe. I can breathe. I don't have a problem. (laughs) You need another song, a verse, that song. Oh, my goodness. So what? I, from what I understand, tonight we're just supposed to laugh and have a good time. I can deal with that. That's like totally, the, I'm to, the spiritual stuff is like, I'm serious. If I was a pastor, I would have been dead years ago. How they, like that feeling in your stomach, like getting up there and having to like give the word to God and know that somebody might have said, okay, God, if you don't speak to me tonight, I'm, you know, I'm going to commit hairy scary when I get home. I mean, that feeling, that's heavy. You know? Because I used to be that woman at the ladies' conference like, God, I need a word. I need a word. I, Do you understand I need a word tonight? <laughs> like, I'm serious. <laughs> but, oh, my good, I'm so glad I'm speaking at a women's conference and not a men's conference. What the world would you talk to men about? I guess... I get nervous. Like sometimes my, me and my husband will travel and the, the pastor will say, well, we want your wife to speak Sunday morning and you speak Sunday night. I'm like, "Huh, oh, it ruins my whole trip. So, and I'll just be so miserable. My husband's like, Wanda, you speak all over the country. Why are you so nervous? I'm like, because there's going to be men there. <laughs> he said, well, so? I mean, you were, I have three sons. I, you know, I live with four men most of my life. He's like, what? In the, I said, men just don't think, they don't get me. I mean, I have nothing in common with them. They have never had a baby. I mean, they've never had a monthly, they've never had a hormone hit them. I mean, what do you have in common with a man? What do you say that they could just, I mean, you have to like really be like really deep in the Bible talking about it. And the Greek says, this is the interpreted in Hebrew. Like, you just got to impress them, you know. I love women because y'all just, you know, we get it. We get each other. We have so much in common. Number one, if you're married, you're probably married to a man, hopefully. You're married to a man. And that's like, says it all because, like, men are, ugh. well, they're, they're very, we're complicated. They're simple. They're, they're very, they're pretty simple, basic. They have two basic needs. Do, I? you know, basically. Very basic food and, yeah. You just learn to do one of them real good and you'll be okay. Is cook like all I know is <laughs> I can cook, honey. I can throw down in the kitchen. But women, I mean, women are we are we're kind of like the mercies of God. We're we're new every morning, and you know, I don't understand why men would leave a woman because he just hang around a little while. She's gonna be a different woman anyway. You let a couple thousand hormones leave her body and a, th- a couple thousand more come in. She's like a whole new person. She will rock his world, and he don't. He ain't even left town. He's in a whole new world. It's like, who are you and what did you do with my wife? The, cool, the thing about me is, um, I'm not a preacher and I'm co- not a comedian. I'm just kind of like a professional talker. <laughs> I love to talk. And, you know, being raised, you know, living in a house with four men most of my life, like I said, you know, I didn't get much chance to talk. They really didn't want to hear anything I had to say, still don't want to hear anything I have to say. And they're like, uh, we quit listening. Why are your lips still moving? <laughs> it's like so now uh, it's pretty cool that people you know fly me places to, t- to hear me talk it's, and they're the, my boys especially they are so clueless it's so hilarious because like my husband is here with me like, you do not tell him this because you know he'll get a complex y'all know how many they have a big you know the ego is like high maintenance deal but you know somebody's like so y'all are going to Alaska yeah I'm going to be preaching up there it's like just waiting because, like, I'm the one that got invited up here. <laughs> I'm just, like, waiting for him to mention that I'm, you know, speaking at the ladies' conference. Don't even come up. It's like, and my boys are like, so what are y'all doing in Alaska? I was like, I'm speaking at a ladies' conference. You're doing another ladies' conference? Man, Mom, how many is- they're, like, in shock that the people want to hear me talk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But <clears throat> anyway, I got my own XM radio contract now. Nine ninety nine, I get, like, 285 stations. <laughs> I tell my boys, I got my own XM radio contract. And they're like, what? Should they believe? they know how much I love to talk. But i just teasing them. I really do have XM Radio, and, like, that is the closest to hell I've ever been. With XM Radio and Jeff Chavis in a car like a six-hour road trip. Do you know they have bluegrass stations on XM with no commercials? Like, bluegrass. We were driving to Georgia, and I just looked at him. I said, okay, I'm going to open the door and and bail out in in the interstate if you don't change that channel. That station. I can't, I can only take so much. It's like it's something in my, it's like something possesses me. I want to stab people. I can take like a few minutes of it if it's a live band, but if it's XM, mm mm mm. I was like, is there not some golf game you can listen to or something? <laughs> mm. But I tell you, um, How many of you ladies here tonight, I just wanted to check before this week starts, how many of you are married? Cool. Wow. A lot of married people up here. Do we have any single ladies in the house? A few single ladies? We got anybody like almost married, (laughs) engaged? Well, let me tell you, you are not married to him. Do not let him be the boss of you yet. That's one thing that they didn't really explain real good to me. It was like, you know, he's going to be my, I went from like my daddy telling me what to do to my husband telling me what to do. It was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) I mean, how old do you have to be before you can say when you want to get up, when you want to go to bed, and how long you want to wear your pajamas without somebody having something to say about it? It It's like, seriously? How old? I'm 55. I am yet to stay in my pajamas past noon without getting a snide comment. Or we'll just be driving around. You know what? I wish you'd do tomorrow. I wish you'd just when you get up, just go ahead and get dressed. It's like you're thinking about that right now while we're driving. You need a life. I'm not even thinking about that. That's my business. It's like I'm just saying. I, I mean, seriously. I know you're gonna. I know you're got. You know you're gonna be tired because we've been traveling. But seriously, could you just get dressed tomorrow morning when you first get up? Just try it and see how you like it. I said, I tried it. I went to school for like how many years? I did it every day. I didn't like it. <laughs> What's hilarious? Have you, have you read the book? It's called Men Are Like Waffles and Women Are Like Spaghetti. Well, there, somebody uh, thought I would enjoy that. So they sent me that book with a, with a CD. Uh, I read the book, listened to the CD. It was, I was like this. My husband's listening to this. This is so good. You know, they talk about how men have, like, little compartments, like little boxes, and how that they just, you know, they're just in that box, like, they're in their nothing box, they, they're they doing nothing. Like, if you say, what are you, what are you thinking about? Nothing. They're really thinking about nothing, for real. So, if they're their driving box, you know, you don't want to talk about the kids, because they're driving. We can't talk about the calendar, we're, I'm driving. So, I read the book, listened to the DVD, CD, or whatever, and then we're getting we're taking a trip and I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bring that C D and we're gonna listen to it while we're driving. So we're driving down the road and I'm listening to it now for my second time and I'm just over there crawling, laughing and just cracking up, laughing. I'm like, <laughs> finally I'm like <laughs> That is me. Is that not me? And he's like, What? I said, This guy, he's got it. He is so is this not me? And he's like, What are you talking about? I said are you not listening to this? He goes, no, I'm driving. <laughs> well, then I almost passed out. It was, oh, it was hilarious. That really happened. I mean, you can't make that stuff up. But really, you know, we've laughed a few minutes here, but I want to tell you something, that joy is, is what God, God intended for us to be happy. It's not like he said, okay, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost and I want you to be miserable the rest of your life. <laughs> and how many of us dream, you know, one day I'm going to marry a jerk and I'm going to be happy, you know, I'm going to be unhappy. No. <laughs> we, you know, we always were going to marry the prince and, you know, we were going to have the perfect babies and we were going to just have the perfect job and whatever, everything was going to be wonderful. But then, you know, real life happens and you're like, what in the world is there to be happy about but Philippians 4 and 4 says rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice and he you know that again I say it's like repeating that's what that means again you say <laughs> rejoice again I say rejoice so sometimes I have to again say rejoice and um, I have a, a serious personality flaw and in, in that Things are funny to me that are not supposed to be funny. It's it's really, it's scary. And, like, sometimes I'm like, what kind of a person would be thinking that right now or laughing at that right now? But recently, uh, a couple years ago, I was taking a course in college, and we had to talk about these different phobias and study these different phobias. And I was laughing so hard I was crying, like, reading this material. I'm like, Seriously? <laughs> There's a fear of swallowing. (laughs) That would be called the drool monster. I don't know. know. But it's droolophobia. I don't know. (laughs) But it's a fear of, there's a fear of feet, sister. There's a fear of vegetables. Fear of teenagers. I can kind of relate there. But these are real phobias. Um, I was telling these phobias not too long ago, and a girl, after, a girl came to me after uh, church. And she said, Do you know there's a fear of that some people ha- are afraid that somewhere at some point in time there is a duck watching them? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they watch too many Aflac commercials. <laughs> like, Aflac. <laughs> it's like, I know there's a duck somewhere. Or maybe that, you remember that game Duck, Duck, Goose in school where they, like, got hit too hard? (laughs) (laughs) Duck! ah. There's gelatophobia. That's people who have a fear of being laughed at. Script. This is my favorite, scriptophobia. You know, a lot of people have a fear of speaking in public. Scriptophobia is a fear of writing in public. I can't sign my check in public. There's a new phobia called nomophobia. That's, some, that's uh, people who are afraid of losing cell phone contact. Y'all don't have that up here, do you? I lost cell phone contact three times during one phone call today. <laughs> um, there's another one. I can't even pronounce it. It's like a rock of for phobia. It's if you're desperately afraid of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. That would be scary. (laughs) And there's a phobophobia. That's a fear of having a fear of having a phobia. (laughs) There's even cheerophobia, exaggerated or irrational fear of joyfulness. And I've had these people in my services before. (laughs) Like, I will not be encouraged. Do not make me. I will not smile. I'm depressed, and I'm happy with it. You are not the boss of my face. <laughs> but for, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And God, he wants us to enjoy life. He didn't say, I come that thou might have a horrible, miserable life. He didn't even say, I come that, that you might have a good life. He said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. You can't even hardly read that scripture without smiling. Abundant life. And, you know, there are people that believe laughter is not spiritual, but there's no scriptural foundation for that. Jesus stated that he came so that we could have abundant life, so I consider that my okay to enjoy my life. And, you know, some people say, well, Sister Davis." You just don't understand. My life is just horrible. It's Like, well, you know, it's temporary. We're really, this is just temporary. This ain't, you know, this is as bad as it gets. This is like hell. You're in hell right now and didn't even know it. This is hell on earth. This is as bad as it gets for us because we love God and we believe his truth and we're baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. And just a few more days and we're going to be out of here. And is this as bad as it gets, I think I can handle eternal joy and eternal <laughs> peace. And living with everything you can imagine. You can't even imagine heaven. You can't even dream the things that's going to be in heaven. I remember one time my, my youngest son, we had gone to a, a camp. And they showed this film at this camp, and it was called The Burning Hell. And it really, I think it was at a youth camp. They were trying to scare the devil out of these kids. That's what it was. <laughs> Y'all remember those, that film that went around years ago? They'd come and show it at a youth camp. Just, the kids would just run to the altar. <laughs> I don't want to go hell. Well, Kyle was like three. And so, you know, I, don't even, I didn't even notice that he, I didn't realize he was even paying attention. Well, fast forward a few months, so we had kids camp. And they're like, okay, who wants to go to heaven? And. My other two sons raised their hand. Kyle went into hysterics. I was in the other building with, helping with the music, and he cried himself asleep. So when I got to him, we're getting on their way back to our, our hotel. He's, I'm holding him. He's like <laughs> in his sleep. But you know how baby is like he's cried so hard he's still sniffling in his sleep. And so when he woke up, he's like, Mommy, Mommy. He was still upset. I said, Kyle, what's wrong? He said, I don't want brothers to go to heaven. And I said, "Well, baby, we're all going to heaven." No, I don't want to go to heaven. And so I'm like, "This is going to be a problem. We have a serious issue here because uh, I'm pretty sure we're all going to heaven." So I'm like, "What am I going to do with this kid? Don't want to go to heaven." And so I was like, "Why, honey? We're all—it's going to be one." He's like, "No, mommy. There's fire up there." So he had watched that a whole Burning Hell movie and thought we were, that was where we were all striving to go. He was probably thinking, what is wrong with my family? Why are we going to heaven? But so it took me like a week or two to talk him into going to heaven. He was like, I'd say, Kyle, guess what? Guess what I thought about today? In heaven, guess what? You're going to have your own bicycle. A big one or a little one. And i say a big one. I can't ride a big one. I don't want to go to heaven. <laughs> I'm a little. I'm a little kid. So then I would try to think of something else. Oh wow. Mm. So one day I thought pool. He loved to swim. I said Kyle guess what? In heaven we are going to have our own pool. He's like is it going to be deep or little shallow? I was like well there's going to be a shallow end for like little people short people like you and then there's going to be a deep end for big brother like for big brothers to swim. He's like all right, let's go. Let's go right now. I was like, well, the pool, it's not finished. I mean, you know, God's still working on the pool. <laughs> so every day he's like, are we going to heaven today? I want to go swimming. One day he opened, he stuck his head out of his bedroom and said, Jesus, will you hurry up with my pool? <laughs> Just waiting for that pool trumpet to sound. That lifeguard to blow his whistle. <laughs> But it's so hilarious that some people just get so every little thing is like drama. Have do y'all have drama mine up here? Y'all need to get some of that stuff because like like helps you just like keep your drama to yourself. You know? <laughs> it's like it's my drama. Drama mine. I don't have to share my drama with everybody. But drama it's everybody's drama is they're like, you know, this is my life is so horrible. But when you really consider the big picture, you're on your way to heaven. So what if you had a flat tire? So what if you had two flat tires? You're on your way to heaven. It'll be okay. It's temporary. But the Lord wants us to have fun. He wants us to laugh. Uh, Proverbs 17, in the God's Word translation says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but depression drains one's strength. And that's the truth. I tell you what, you know, so I've been a pastor's wife for thirty some odd years, and I have to be around depressed people sometimes. That's you know, kind of a line of work we're in. <laughs> I, I asked my husband one time, "So how did you get in this line of work? You, you have no mercy, you have no compassion, you hate people. I mean, what are you doing?" <laughs> He's like, "I am not." Uh, what was that? He he was didn't disagree that he hated people, but it was something else. He was like, "I am not." Uh, what was like? I got I saw him. He he was. He had no compassion. He's like, "Oh, I do too have compassion." It's like well, you used to hate. Pe- I don't hate people either, but <laughs> it was so cute. I caught it. you know I named three really negative things, and he he honed in on one. I was like, "Yeah." He was getting on me because I was loaning somebody money that you know she, she always wanted to borrow money and she never wanted to pay me back. She always forgot that part, so I just quit loaning her money. Just like here's twenty dollars have this 20 and go your way and said no more but um sometimes you have to be around those people that are depressed but it just makes me happy that I'm not a depressed person and I do that with basically most of the time without medication <laughs> I mean Starbucks does that count I mean it Starbucks will perk me a little bit I'm just telling I'm just being honest But depression has become such a medical malady. I mean, you just walk into a doctor's office and not smiling, they're gonna give you a pill. This will help you. This will just take the edge off. Well, then you can't. I can't sleep. Well, here's something that'll perk you up. So you can, you know, what they got a pill for everything. And I'm not against pills. I mean, if you need to take your pill, you know, for us to get along, you know, I don't mind. But the antidote for depression is joy. Do you know that, like, Harvard Medical School discovered that they could take a, a, p- people that were having depression problems, even people with cancer and tumors and that kind of thing, set them in front of, like, a, just an old hilarious comedy movie, like old Laurel and Hardy and the Three Stooges, whatever, those old, and just let them laugh. And it helped them. Laughter will literally cure depression. And the funny thing about it is that Satan has no countermeasure for joy. He doesn't even understand joy. He doesn't get it. I mean, the guy, I mean, you know, he gets a whole lot more credit from us than he deserves. A lot of us, you know, our perception of him is like this godfather. He's like, okay, boys, today we have this strategy. No, he ain't got no strategy. Number, He's outnumbered two to one. They're old as dirt. I mean, angels don't reproduce. It's the same old wore-out demons that's been, like, you know, running around. There's a whole bunch more of us now than there was back then. So they're running around crazy just trying to keep up with all of us. They probably ain't got no teeth. They just wore slam out. They're just like, we got, you know, just trying to snatch one more person. If they accidentally fall and trip and knock somebody down, they're like, yeah. I got a point. <laughs> I, I don't think the devil's got it all together. I really don't. That's my perception of him. And my perception of him is my reality. Your perception of him is your reality. If you see him as this powerful guy that can just smack you around all day, you know, that's probably what he's doing to you. But he has no power in my life. None. And he doesn't understand Joy. He does not get it. He does not has a clue. He's like, I don't understand what in the world they're so happy about. But um, David, you know, sometimes we think, well, I, have, I don't have. And there are times when you really have to grasp to find something ha- joyful to think about. There's, you know, we have those days. We have those weeks. We have, sometimes have those whole seasons. But David told us in Psalm 1611 where to find our joy if we've lost it. He said, in God's presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So if you're not predisposed to laughter, you know, if you're not that person that just, like, I see laughter in a lot of things. I see funny stuff at funerals. I, You know, I, I have a hard time. I, I literally am. Laughter is my safe place to go. So when I'm stressed or sad or whatever, that's where I go. I just, you know, I. I don't know. I just when they're mom, speak to me, mom. I'm like, if she sits up and speaks to that girl, <laughs> we will have another funeral, uh, maybe four more funerals, because I know I'm gonna die. <laughs> and it's usually like, they're, you're like, who is that? I don't know. Nobody. The family is like, who is she? I don't know. She's, you know, oh, <laughs> she. She might be at the wrong funeral. I don't know. But if you're not predisposed to fun and laughter, hang around people who love to laugh and who make you laugh because life is too short to take yourself seriously. Laughter, you know what laughter does? Laughter proves to the world how great God is. Let me read you the scripture, Psalms 126 and 2. Think about this. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. When they saw the children of Israel laughing and, and rejoicing when they should have been miserable, they were like, man, God's really been good to them. Look at them. When your coworkers, when your family members, when your neighbors see you with a smile, when they know that you have reason to be, you know, depressed and down, and that's, and they see you with the joy of the Lord, that, that's when they can say, wow, I want what it is she's got. Do you understand that? that? I heard y'all talking about a young man uh, earlier that Sister, Sister Churchill was talking about a young man. That, is, that gives glory to God because we know he has problems. We know he has situations, but he smiles and he's joyful. So that's how, that's how the world knows. Our, your strongest and loudest testimony is the life you live, especially when your situation seems to call for tears and turmoil, yet you display peace and pleasure. Your coworkers, friends, and family will take notice and desire to acquire those same traits in their life. On the same scale, if you're trying to win your loved ones to Christ and you're like, we got to go to church again, you want to go with me? Our preacher, that man, I guarantee you, he'd have church three times on Sunday if they'd let him. I got to take food too, because somebody died in the church. I, I guess they think I'm made out of money. Well, you going with me or not? Probably not. You all know that person in your life that you're, you've heard people say, "If she's got the, if she's got the Holy Ghost, I don't want it." Some people they got the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost ain't got them. That's what it is. <laughs> You know, we all know that person, you know, that cell phone rings, and you, you see that number come up, and you're like, uh-uh, I can't, I can't, I can't take that right now. I just I just need to pray a few more minutes. I really can't deal with that one right now. Decline. Because it's like they just suck the joy right out of your life. They suck it out. Like, they suck the happy out of your day. And you're just like, And not talk to her right now, or I will stab myself in the head with a fork. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So don't be that person. You know, don't. you're not going to win your family or your coworkers if you're the one. You walk in, and it's like you just feel the whole, you know, the room just. (sighs) Like that darkness, that dark cloud. It's like she comes in. She walks to her desk and flops down. Everybody's like, (coughs) oh, she's here. You're living so far below your privileges, if that's you. But you know what? Listen to this. Laughter is good for your health. Laughter lowers your blood pressure. It increases blood flow and oxygenation of the blood. It works out the diaphragm, the abdominal, respiratory, facial, leg, and back muscles. That's some serious muscle workout. Reduces stress hormones, cortisol, and adrenaline. Boosts responsive anti-tumor and disease-fighting defenses. It increases immunoglobin in saliva that protects you from colds and infections. It improves memory and comprehension, alertness and creativity. And it can be as effective as running and boosting your health. I'd rather run. I mean, I'd rather laugh than run. <laughs> Listen to this. Laughing 100 times is equal to 10 minutes on the rowing machine or 15 minutes on an exercise bike. We have got a workout tonight. Laughing <laughs> laugh at Sister Evonimo. Lonnie man. (laughs) Laughter burns calories. 20 minutes of laughter provides a great physical workout. And the psychological and the physiological effects last 24 hours. 24 hours. So, you know what? The thing of it is the brain cannot really, um, it can't differentiate between real laughter and fake laughter. remember, how many of you remember? Y'all, I don't know if y'all still do this in Alaska, so if you do, I'm not making fun of you. I just think it's hilarious, but we used to do this in our church. We'd sing, the joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 Then we did this verse. ha, 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 <laughs> ha. Ha 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 sing ha 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 The joy of the Lord is my strength. We used to have this old song leader and he would start and and I would be on the piano thinking, oh he is not gonna do that verse. I have visitors here. We have visitors But now that I'm an adult, I'm like that's about the only way you can get some people to laugh is and there'll be a ha, 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 ha. We had one group that came and sang. They were so nervous. Bless their heart. They were like, I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I want to tell the world about my Savior and my King. I was rolling, my husband's giving me the stink eye, like so, <laughs> That was hilarious to me. But your body can't tell the difference. So if you are really having a you know you need a, a good workout, sing ha ha, "ha, ha, ha 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 ha!" for 20 minutes. Work out them abs. Woohoo!" They even have laughter yoga. There's a doctor in India that believes this thing about the, the brain not understanding if it's real laughter or not, and so they gather around, they sit in yoga poses and they just like, "Ha, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> They just laugh <laughs> Have you ever been in that service? You know that one woman that gets a laughing spirit, And you're like, "Oh Lord, here she goes." And I have visitors) <laughs> And then pretty soon you're like, <laughs> <laughs> and then it catches. It's like catching. Everybody starts laughing. It's like, she'll never come back. She don't. She's like, those people are crazy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Laughter. doeth good like a medicine. And we all enjoy a good gut-wrenching bout of laughter. So if you're having trouble finding mirth in your life, here here are some suggestions. Jesus said it. He said, become as a child. An average four-year-old laughs 300 times a day. An average 40-year-old laughs four times a day. I I don't think I'm average, but. They say to spend at least an hour a week with children. Children. Play. Allow them to suck you into their imagination. Some of you are like, I spend 29 hours a day with children. <laughs> but re- listen to the other part. Let them suck you into their imagination. Play. Play with them. Get on, you know, be, don't be afraid to be silly, to get your hair, let your hair down and get grass stains on your skirt. Ride the merry-go-round. Don't push. You get on there and make them push. It might take 16 kids to push you. <laughs> but ride the merry-go-round till you get dizzy. Swing on it. Get on a swing and swing as high as your legs can pump you. Dig for roly-polies. Do y'all have roly-polies here? Chase butterflies. You, have butterflies. <laughs> you do because I was here one time and be- there was like hundreds of them. They were beautiful. Eat popsicles and watermelon barefooted. You know what I've always wanted to do? I've always wanted to have a, a party at my house and invite all the, the stiff people in our church. Like, you just, you know, the people that are real, you know, hoity-toity. And serve spaghetti. And no utensils. The only thing they can have is some plastic gloves and bibs. And they have to eat the spaghetti with their hands. That would be so much fun. Except, my, I couldn't, I'd have to do it when my husband was out of town because he would be like, I ain't eating no spaghetti with my hands. <laughs> I am not eating spaghetti. <laughs> I'd have to make him think it was his idea because like, like, he likes to be the boss of people. Y'all got to eat the spaghetti with no, no fork. <laughs> It's like, he said it. He's chief. You know, I believe that in in my quest to know God better, I do believe that he loves to laugh. I mean, it's like, you know, we go to the zoo to look at animals. Like, I think he just, like, watches us, like, (laughs) just laughs. Especially, like, when he puts people together, like me and my husband, in a marriage, you know, like we're married. And we have to live it together forever till death do us part. And like, our personalities are so different. And you, some of y'all are shaking your head because you know you and your husband, yeah, it's a riot. Laugh because you, you can't cry, you know. But God takes pleasure in us. We, He created us for His pleasure, for His entertainment. And he does have a sense of humor. I do believe that. Sometimes I people watch at the airport, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's like, to me, you know, I, I almost see where the Darwin came, got his theory about evolution. <laughs> it's like, you know what? He does look like a monkey. And that one right there is a giraffe. I guarantee it. There's a giraffe in his lineage somewhere. Turtle woman, turtle woman, turtle. Especially if my children are with me, because we're like, "Mama, Mama, Mama, Dalmatian, Dalmatian, <laughs> Dalmatian." Three o'clock. <laughs> so I know he has a sense of humor. But you know what? I I like to make people laugh. I, I enjoy making people laugh. And when I, if my I can make my husband smile, I, it's like I have. Oh man, I feel like I have really done something. He's like, "I think you're funny." <laughs> I was going to do uh this banquet this Christmas at this big old church and it was going to be men there. I'm like, I hate doing comedy in front of men. He's like, you know, he took offense, of course. He's like, "Why?" I was like, "Cuz men don't get me. They don't think I'm funny." He's like, "I think you're funny." I'm a man. I was like, you do not think I'm funny. You barely smile. He's like, well, my Lord, Wanda, I live with you 24 hours a day. You can't. Just <laughs> I just can't. He's like, I can't go around laughing all the time. I said, you could smile every now and then. So he tried to convince me on our hour drive that I was funny. And I, I, I was like, I had him rolling. I was like, you. this is the first time I've ever seen you laugh. You're just trying to make me feel good. He's like, you are funny, Wanda. I'm telling you, you're funny. But I believe that the Lord enjoys his creation. You know, when I think about it, my, my mom taught me this when I was a little girl, that he designed me. He designed my eyes, my hair, my skin tone. And, you know, he, he chose things like, you know, I don't know why he, did, he got it all crossed up. I got my dad's nose, you know, it's like this big red one. instead said my mom's little skinny, cute one. It's like, I don't know how that happened. You know, why? I mean, why? Like, I'm a girl. Could I not get the girl nose? But he designed me. And so she helped me to become comfortable in my skin and and to love God's creation. And, you know, I've had to, you know, repent for the way I've treated myself. Because I am his creation. I'm unique. I am his design. And this weekend, I really hope that we can just relax and enjoy each other, but enjoy you. In your, in your skin, enjoy you, who you are in Christ. And no, you know what? You, you, you may not be perfect. You may, and you know what? Those songs that they sing at weddings, there's a bunch of lies. You know, those, those I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just being honest. The songs are, there's no man that's going to say, you know, you're close enough to perfect for me. I mean, if he says that, you know, he's wants them. <laughs> Cook. But the Lord really, He does feel that way about you. He feels like you are perfection. He made you, He created you. Now you think about it. You you know, you have a child, they make a drawing, and it's, you know, they bring and they, they're like three, and they make, they work a tongue. And they make this little thing, and they bring it to you, and their, their little eyes are just like, here, here Mama. You know, and you take it, you're like, oh, this is beautiful. And you put it on the refrigerator, and it's like, oh, my grandchild made me my first whatever it is. It's beautiful. I'll never get rid of it. And that's how the Lord feels about you. He loves you. He designed you. He created you, and he takes pleasure in you. And he wants you to take pleasure in the world that you're living in, and, and the life that he's given you. And he wants you to know that, you know what, this is temporary. You can make it. You can make it through this little bit, this little bit of hell. Yeah, we can make it. This is as bad as it gets. But remember, if you're playing with God, you know, you're fooling around, fiddle-faddling around like my mommy used to say. just quit fiddle-faddling around. <laughs> this is as good as it gets. This is heaven. So you enjoy it, you know. Because if this is, if you're playing church and you're just pretending for the, you know, pastor to think, it's kind of dumb. It's like, you know what, I I, I used to tell my mom and she would get so aggravated. She'd say, why well, don't say that, honey. But I'd say, man, if I was her, I'd go get drunk. And I'd, I'd wear big old, ginormous earrings and everything. Like, Wanda? I was like, well, Mom, she's going to hell anyway. <laughs> she's not serving God. I mean, like, she's making this big old lie. Just go get, you know, go have, go party. Don't become a church. I mean, if you, you're going to hang out at church and, like, just be a big old hypocrite, that's, that's retarded. I mean, why would you do that? If you're going to live for God, live for God. Enjoy this abundant life. Don't be miserable. That's like trying to walk, you know, walk on a fence with a fence, you know, like walking on both sides of the fence. You've heard him say that. You ever tried it? It can't be comfortable. I ain't tried it, but I ain't trying. <laughs> I ain't going to try it. That ain't half that story. So, I, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like get in the church all the way in and enjoy it. Don't live a miserable life. I don't go to say, well, I'm going to go get drunk because Mr. Chavis said I'm going to hell anyway. <laughs> I did not tell you to go get drunk. And I did not say go wear big old ginormous earrings. I said, if you are going to play around, fiddle-file around, <laughs> this is as good as it gets. And you might, you're fooling yourself. Understand, this is not, this is like, this is the real deal. It's not like a practice session for, like, living for God. (laughs) This is really it. This is our chance. This is our one last chance to get it right. Enjoy it. Make up your mind. Choose joy. Choose to live this life with everything you've got. Smile. I'm, and I'm getting ready to close. Let's all stand. And you, do y'all know this song? Remember this song? This is another one of them oldies. It just says, Smile a while And give your face a rest Raise your hands To the one you love the best Turn around To someone near, shake their hands and smile! (laughs) Come on, one more time. Smile a while and give your face a rest. Don't it feel good? Raise your hands to the one you love the best. Woo! Turn around to someone new. Shake their hands and smile. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's all I got tonight. I read some scriptures, so it was spiritual, because <laughs> Brother Churchill's here, and I had to read scriptures, so there you go. <laughs> so glad I did. I didn't know he was back there.
2: Yeah, well, I'm married to one of those two. <clears throat> so, that was just wonderful, both of you ladies. I thank
0: you so much from the bottom of my heart. And you know you should sleep quite well tonight because you have laughed well. And that will cause you to relax. So if you have not found joy tonight, I pray right now that God will just visit you with a fresh outpouring of joy and happiness and peace.